On November 30th, 1997, a young man came to our church. His name is Ivan Tate, all these years ago. My wife and I, we were engaged, though. We were engaged. It was one month before we were, less than a month. Just a couple weeks before we were to get married. Less than a week before. <laughs> and <laughs> Brother Ivan Tate came. And I remember those, I remember those meetings and he's been coming every year uh, to our church since then. And um, we moved to Molokai shortly thereafter. My wife and I, came to visit us there and we had revival meetings there and we went to Kauai and he had been on Kauai and preached there and he's come here numerous times. We're setting it up now though, Brother Ivan. We're locking you in. We're going to lock him in for, to come every year. And because um, he hasn't been here in just a few years, but what a, a man that's filled with wisdom. What an anointing. Have you guys been getting wrecked? I've been getting wrecked. I just get a weeping as God's touching people. Please put your best hand clap together. Brother Ivan Tate. Okay. Oh, man, that's good. Bam, sounds loud. Ooh, doesn't that sound good? Ooh, I like it right here. Like there's a little, like a little cloud right here. Ooh, oh, yeah, right here. Right here. That's great. I think I just stand here for a little bit. <laughs> Would you look at somebody and raise your hand and go, Yeah, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong place. Um, praise the Lord. Let's extend our hands to pastors this evening. Thank you, Lord. God, we ask for your divine blessing upon Pastor Daniel and his family. We ask you, Lord, that each member of his family be so happy that, God, they have no choice but to change the world. Bless, Lord, everything they ever do from this day forward. Let it be un reasonable harvests even in dead fields let them have fruitful seasons and times of refreshing from the Lord do something amazing tonight for the people Lord reveal your face because you are so beautiful Jesus thank you God amen all right praise the Lord would you hug somebody and say I don't want any money tonight I just want the title to your house. Praise the Lord. I want the title to your house. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, so let's, let's go right into it. Go to Matthew chapter 7. And the word of the Lord tonight. If you weren't here last night, uh, you can get that tape. Um, 
on becoming a blessing magnet. We really only got through to about three points. There's many, 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 many more things. But you can order that whole series if you want from going to Ivan Tate on your app store. You can download my, my app. It's free. And then through that app, you can order anything and be connected also to the website and get everything uh, from there as well. That is called the Blessing Magnet. There's about 20 parts to that. Um, so tonight... We did forgiveness to position ourselves. We did wholeness to, to encounter God. We did blessing to just be blessed by God. And then tonight, we are doing tonight and tomorrow on this, which to me is the most important thing I think I will ever preach and you could ever understand. Because really, at the end of the day, it just boils down to our relationship with God. And the truth about it is this. In 42 years of being in churches and traveling around the world, I have realized that many people are believers, but not knowers. They believe the Bible. They believe the Word of God. They are saved. They have given their lives to Jesus. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They go to church. They... They do all of that, and when they die, they will go to heaven. But they don't have a relationship with God, the way God describes it in the Word. They really, really don't. Any more that some married people don't have a relationship. I mean, they're married. Or any more that some people don't have a relationship with their father, or with their, or with their mother, or with their children. But those are their children, and that's their dad, and that's their mom. Uh, Nothing can ever change that, but there's no relationship. But some of the things the Bible says about having a relationship with God are a little bit sobering and sometimes scary. Listen to Matthew 7, which is pretty, pretty powerful, pretty sobering, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many mighty works in your name? And then I will say to them openly and publicly, I never knew you. Right there. I never knew you. Yet they have three of the most powerful manifestations a person can have in their ministry and in their life. Miracles, prophecy, and having demons obey their authority. So these are clearly people who have read the Bible, studied the Bible, who believe the Bible, who have faith in the name of Jesus, who have faith in the Word of God, And they have clearly authority and a ministry and have power, yet they have no relationship with God. They don't, God doesn't know them. And then it goes on and says, depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commandments and my word. Praise the Lord. 
So I want to kind of get into that a little bit tonight and tomorrow. Tomorrow night we're going to just learn how you actually have a relationship with God. Because it's really important. Um, and it makes all the difference in your entire life. It actually changes everything. When you have a relationship with God, it actually takes all the stress out of life. All the competition and all the ambition, all the fear, all the struggle, it's gone. Because your entire way of thinking about everything changes. So tonight we're going to look at some of the things that happen when you have a relationship with God. These things happen. Fruit is the ultimate judge of everything. And so when you're walking in your life, living your life, just remember that it's your fruit that tells people what you truly believe. Not what you say with your words, but the fruit that comes out of your life. That's a powerful thing. So, John 15, let's read that real quick. I'm, I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes it away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he cleanses it, that it may bear more fruit. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. So neither can you, except you abide in me. And I, in, I am the vine, you're the branches. You abide in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it will be done for you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, and this way you will be my disciples. Praise the Lord. So I don't know how you grew up in your family or how you've grown up in your life, the relationships you have with your father or your mother or people that were uh, supposed to be close to you, but if you were like me and didn't have a relationship with your father but wanted one and didn't know why that he didn't like you, then you, you have a hole in your soul most of your life until God fills that hole. And he comes to you and he begins to explain to you the nature of people. And a lot of times people are the way they are because they have no options. They don't know how to be different. And so the Holy Spirit's not going to let you and me get into that because he's going to bless us. Praise the Lord. Jesus is the most wonderful thing and the most wonderful person and the most wonderful personality and the most wonderful individual and the most satisfying, completing person there is in the entire universe. I love Jesus. I love the Lord. I love him more than I love anything else in this world. And it is my goal to love him more than anything else. Praise the Lord. Jesus said something very powerful. If you love me, do what I tell you. Would you look at somebody and say, if you love me, pay me what you owe me. Come on, say, come on. If you love me, pay me what you owe me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Paul said in Philippians 3, I'll, I'll give everything up to know God. I'll just give everything up. I'll count everything that I think is, is valuable like trash to just know God. 
I just have to know God. That, that's where Paul got in his life. I just, everything is trash compared to knowing God, to really, really knowing God. In Revelation 2, it says, you know, you're doing these amazing things for me. You're not denying my name. You're standing up for me. You're resisting temptation. You're, you're calling out the false prophets and the false apostles. But you have one thing that you have done is you have left your first love. Praise the Lord. So let me say it again. It's possible to be saved and not have a relationship with God. And a lot of people are. I would say almost the majority of people are. So uh, as we get into this, I just want you to remember that God, when God tells you something, he tells you that something for a reason. When you delay your obedience, it deforms your destiny. You don't want to delay the obedience to a revelatory word that God gives you. God gives you a prophecy or a message through the sermon or a message through the worship, and that speaks to your heart, and you say, man, God is talking to me about something. Don't procrastinate. Don't set that aside. Because if you do, it could totally deform your future. Because every word of instruction is for a divine positioning. When God positions you, he's doing it because he wants to promote you and use you and bless you. So don't just say, oh, I'll do that next year or whatever. And this is what I have found. Unobeyed truth creates sterility in your life. When you don't obey the truth that God reveals to you, often enough, you eventually become sterile to the voice of God. And you no longer can be impregnated by the word of God. So after 20 years of saying hallelujah and praise the Lord and not doing what God tells you, you now have become sterile and are incapable of actually being impregnated by the word of God. Now you have become literally a saved, useless person. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to pass that on to our children. We want to be on fire for God. We want, to, we want Jesus to be the center of our lives and the center of our children's lives. We want him to be the king of our life. Praise the Lord. Okay, so um, I just want to start with this. In, in my journey, in my journey with, with God and walking with God and have a relationship with him. I have found that there's so many relationships you can have with God. For example, some people have a military relationship. They go to God to get orders for what they're supposed to do. They get the orders and then they go out and do it. They get assignments and orders. They're very comfortable with that relationship. They're military-minded people. That doesn't mean they're in the military. They just like to be given a project, something to do, and then they go do it, and that's their life. There may be no relationship at all with God other than that. Then you have religious relationships that people have with God, which are basically ritualistically centered relationships of traditions and repeated rituals and things of that kind and nature, and they call that their relationship with God. That also comes up empty and futile. Then you have pe people that have intellectual relationships with God. It's all in their head, nothing in their lifestyle. Yeah. 
they think about God and they, they, they think about who God is and all that and it's all in their head. That will also give you nothing. Then you have uh, literary relationships which are based basically on knowing things about God. And that's how, that's their whole relationship. Then you have cultural relationships, which are what you learn from your family who took you to church. And it's just a cultural activity. There's no personableness. There's no interrelating. There's no transparency. There's no vulnerableness. There's no affection. There's no quality time. There's no two-way conversations. There's no bonding. There's no sharing. There's no talking. There's no seeing. There's no tasting. There's no feeling. There's no hearing. There's There's no loving. It's just cultural. This is what we do on Sunday morning. It'll leave you empty. Like all the others will. Then you have casual followers, which people who come to church and they're very casual about God. He may do a miracle and they're asleep. Somebody may be raised from the dead and they're yawning about it. Everything is very casual. There's no commitment. There's no involvement. It's all casual. Jesus said, be hot or be cold. Because if you're lukewarm, it's vomit. It's the same in a marriage. But in a marriage, you only have one option. Be hot. There ain't no be cold because you're dead. Come on, turn to somebody and say, be hot, my Lord. (laughs) Come on, tell two or three people, be hot, man, be hot. Be on fire. Amen? So you have have, uh, people that, that basically are distant observers. They just, their relationship with God is very distant. They observe all the rest of the people. They just sit back and analyze. And they do that right to the grave. This will leave you empty. We don't want any of that. So then you have your professional relationships, which many preachers have, which is basically they learn the techniques of ministry. They learn to prophesy, lay hands on the sick. They learn to do those kinds of things, to preach, to bring messages, to give that kind of, to be professional, to be businessmen, to create crowd um, attraction and to please people and to bring people in and to draw people and to become those kind of professionals. They're very professional. They do their job very well. But then they're leading a second life, the life of who they truly are when no one is watching. This is all the diseases of not having a relationship with God. When you don't have a relationship with God, an intimate, intimate love relationship, this is your default relationships. Bang. And they all leave you unhappy, unsatisfied, and searching for something else. This is when Jesus is not enough. Once Jesus is not enough, you must replace him with something. So you're going to replace God with sexual things, everything from pornography to adultery to fornication to everything in between. 
or you will replace him with addictive things such as alcohol or drugs or TV or food or other things like that. But any place inside you that is not filled with God is a black hole. And you are a walking black hole of needs. And if those needs do not get met by Jesus, the black hole does not get smaller with time. It gets bigger with time. And the more you put into the black hole, the more you enlarge the black hole. Because the black hole of your soul, that emptiness, that loneliness, that incompleteness, that part of you that is sad, that part of you that is empty, that part of you that is not satisfied with God, that part of you that needs other things, that wants other things, that part of you that craves and the urges and the desires that drive you and the wants and the needs of your soul, all that driving and all that needing and all that wanting and all that restlessness and all that anxiousness all comes because you are not completed yet because you don't have a relationship with God even though you are saved and even though you love Jesus and will go to heaven but you don't have that thing that relationship which completes you in every area of your life and now when you are completed in Jesus then you cannot be seduced you cannot be bribed you cannot be intimidated and you cannot be bought and you cannot be terrified because now you are invincible because you want nothing because you have everything. You cannot trust somebody that wants something. You can only trust people that have everything. So when you don't have things, you must adopt language to meet, uh, to create what you want. So a lot of that language comes and turns into lying, manipulation, control, intimidation, flattery, and other forms that are not of the Holy Spirit. Because you have a need and that person has what you want, and so you must create language for them to hand that over to you. But when you have God, then it's God that takes care of you. He feeds you with ravens in the famine. He gives you all that you need in every area of your life. Now, your husband doesn't have to be perfect. He can be a fool sometimes. He can be a moron sometimes. He can be a dumb. And it doesn't hurt you. Because you don't take it personal. You realize, wait a second, you were messed up before you married me. I didn't create this. Because if you don't see it like that, you're going to attack him. And he's going to attack you. And he's going to find fault with you. And he's going to say, you are a witch. You're just constantly griping and complaining. And I, you, you make me miserable. You make me feel like a dirt and like trash. This is the language that you're going to create between you. Because it all starts with a disagreement. Then it leads to arguing. But at the final day, it's two demons talking to each other and saying what Satan wants them to hear. You become a satanic prophet to your wife and to your husband. 
literally prophesying to them out of the mouth of Satan from hurt and pain and frustration because you, you don't have a relationship with God that satisfies the longings of your soul and that keeps you full and content and happy and peaceful. This is not bad. You're not bad. But then again, we don't go to church to get more of the same. We go to church to get something we don't have. That's why it's called revival. It means something is not alive in an area, and the Holy Spirit touches it and then makes it alive. So the first thing I wanted to say tonight is don't assume that you know God or something. Just assume that you're saved and are a believer, but let the evidence determine the verdict. Praise the Lord. Amen. Give somebody a high five and say, spectacular hair, spectacular, unbelievable wig. The dentures are fabulous. Oh my God. You really blew it out of the water tonight. You are amazing. How can someone have teeth that white? They're blinding the anointing. I love that. So, and then finally you have opportunistic relationships with God, which basically they're, you serve the Lord to get things. I was speaking to a man and actually, actually I was kicking him out of church and, uh, but I was talking to him and I asked him, you know, I said, be on, you know, to be honest with me about it. He said, well, honestly, he said, I go to church to find women. He says, I've done this since I was 20 years old. He says, the easiest women to seduce are Christian women. All I've got to do is praise God, read the Bible to them, pray with them. And in a little while, I'll have everything I want. And they got to be divorced because they already have experience. That's what he told me. He said, that's why I go to church. So he's an opportunist using Jesus to seduce and to get things from people. But you understand, these are wolves in sheep's clothing. And I'm going to tell you, the closer you get to Jesus, the easier it is to spot a wolf. Even if he's perfectly dressed and bad, 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 you can spot him. Right Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to really have a, a complete life? Do you really want your life to be perfectly happy and satisfied? Because only a relationship will do it. All these other things are going to leave you empty. And remember, when you follow God and don't get what you need, you will misinterpret who God is. And once you decide that God is not who he says he is, you are in a lot of trouble. You really need to get your prayers answered regularly. You really need to see God do miracles. You really need to be delivered. You really need to have peace because those are the things God promised you. Amen. And if you're not having, them, having that happen, it's because you don't know how to have a relationship yet. And just be honest about it. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for being proud. I thought like I was the best Christian in the church. But I realized that's just my vanity. I'm just being arrogant. 
The truth is, I scream and yell at my wife and scream and yell at my husband and yell at everybody. And I threw the finger to three people this week. I'm driving down the highway. At that time, I was pastoring. I'm driving down the highway. I pass a guy, and while I'm passing him, he throws me the finger. And I just looked, and it was one of my deacons. But the finger was out the window before he saw me. It was And I could see him crying from the back because he was in his 70s. And this man, honestly, this man loved me, loved me. Never in a million years would he do that. He respected me, he cherished me, and he loved me. And when that finger hit my forehead, he, he, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. I really did. And he pulled over and I got behind him, you know. I got out. And I said, Lord, please give me something to say to him because he'll never forgive himself. He can never. He was, he was like that. He looked at me. I said, wow, man, I'm sure glad you did that because I was about to do it. Wow. <laughs> it wasn't true, but I wanted him to feel a little bit better. He said, really? Really? I said, no, I just want you to feel better. <laughs> I said, now... You do what I tell you. <laughs> I, I could have done that, but I didn't. <laughs> Notice Mary and Martha. Mary has a relationship with Jesus. Martha has a relationship with doing things. Jesus said, man, Martha, you're always worried about getting all these projects done. But you know, people are more important than projects. There's a time to sit at my feet and get to know me. And there's a time to clean the house. Praise the Lord. But notice Judas. Judas was with Jesus for three and a half years. He saw every miracle Jesus did. And he didn't know Jesus at all. When Judas came to betray Jesus, he gave him a kiss on the cheek. And Jesus said to him these words. Look it up. He said, friend. I looked up the word friend. It means close and intimate companion. Because Jesus had to love Judas as much as he loved John and James and Peter. Because if he hadn't, then his love would not have been unconditional. When Judas stands before God on judgment day, he will not be able to say of Jesus... He didn't treat me the same as he treated the others. Once he found out I was stealing the money from the money box. He'll never be able to say that. Because Jesus made Judas the treasurer, knowing he would steal the money. That's why when it was time to pay taxes, there was no money because Judas had already stolen it. So he sent them to go get it from the mouth of a fish. See, when you have a relationship, all your needs are met before the needs show up. Praise God. Give somebody a high five and say, would you give me $100? Gosh, that's amazing. Would you give me $100 tonight? I think that would be amazing. Do you believe what he's saying? Give me $100. Whoa. Wow. Notice John in chapter 13, when they're sitting at the Last Supper, John, he's just 
has his head on Jesus' chest. And he says, Jesus, who is it that's going to betray you? And Jesus told him. Because intimacy always gives you access. And when you don't have intimacy, you live in the dark. When you have intimacy, there are no mysteries. God reveals everything to you that you need to know. Praise God. Would you stand up and give somebody a hug? Grab their wallet, their ring, or anything of value, and take off running. Praise the Lord. Come on, just give them a big hug. Say, I'm so glad I came to church. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Praise God. Now, be seated. All right. Let's, let's talk a little bit about how you know that you have a relationship with God, how you know you've had an encounter with God. And I want those people yesterday, you who were sexually assaulted, I didn't get to minister to you, I only ministered half of you, I want the rest of you to get back in the, in the row if I, I didn't get to you yesterday. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17, how do you know that you have a relationship with God? How do you know that? Because this is very powerful. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and everything becomes new. When you're in a relationship with God, literally in a relationship, old things pass away. Would you get up on that piano, bro? Old things pass away and everything becomes new. What does this mean? One of the natural results of being in a relationship with God is you're in a constant state of change. You are always changing. Your DNA is changing. You become a new species when you have a relationship with God. You're not just a... It's not a... This is not just a salvation scripture. This is a lifetime scripture. If any man is in Christ, walking with Christ, having a relationship with God, it literally changes your DNA. You go from who you were to who God is. And it begins to transform your lifestyle and behavior. We have everything already given to us at Calvary, positionally. But we need it experientially. Because as you know, some people are, are intellectually saved, but not experientially saved. They have salvation intellectually, but they're not experiencing what God has bought for them. And that's not what we want to do. Praise the Lord. We don't want to do I see you inside of an aviary of birds. You're in there and all the birds are landing on you, landing on your head, landing everywhere. And everybody is singing to you because you're, listen to this word. This is so beautiful. I receive it for myself. What a word. Oh, Jesus of Nazareth, Lord of heaven. Every cell of your body will become a melody of worship. And when you sing, the birds will come into harmony with you. The birds represent the creatures, the people God has created, who are created to put music into the world. And you are going to have a deliverance ministry with your simple, meek spirit. And people are just going to want to worship and sing and bless God. God's going to do that for you. 
because he loves you. Be delivered from all the effects of those assaults in your life in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Tell somebody, I receive that for myself. Praise God. Say, I, every cell of my body, say that. Every cell of my body is going to be a melody of worship. Do you know how many songs that is? Do you know how many trillions and trillions and trillions of cells are in your body? What a word. And for God to make every cell a song and sing in perfect harmony and become in unison and your entire body is a worship life. You literally bring worship to Jesus with your existence. Isn't that powerful? That is so powerful. Praise God. I just think that's beautiful. So, anything God touches becomes a masterpiece. So when God touches you, He doesn't leave you the same. That's what happens when you're walking with God. You just start changing, just constantly changing. If you're not in a relationship with God, you stay the same, you don't change. Year after year after year after year, you're the exact same person. Because you're a believer, but you're not a knower. Every person I know that has a relationship with God, every time I see them, the next time they're totally different. Because they've been in contact. They've been in contact with God Himself. And God does not leave you the same. Where you're weak, He makes you strong. Where you're blind, he makes you see. And where you're defeated, he gives you victory. And where you're bound, he gives you wings. And where you're hurt, he gives you medicine. That's who he is. And that's how you know you have a relationship with God. Your wife shouldn't complain about your life more than one year at a time. she's complaining about the same thing for two, three, and four, and five years, you're not talking with God. And you can love Him with your whole heart, but if you don't know how to have a relationship, which we'll do tomorrow, if you don't know that, how in the world can you do it? Having a relationship with God is not the same as having a relationship with a person. He's invisible. show you how to have a relationship that's tangible invisible but tangible you will be able to see God and hear God and touch God and feel God and sense God and smell God and you'll be able to know God and feel his arms wrap around you like I'm, t I'm talking to these people I'm preaching and I'm hearing all this at the same time because I'm reading to you with my mouth but my spirit is having communion with God. And from the communion, I, I get the information that I need to minister to people. John 10, 4. His sheep hear his voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not listen to. Praise the Lord. Do you know how you know that you're in a relationship with God? Is you have a talking conscience. Your conscience talks to you all the time. Because God lives in your conscience. 
He speaks to you about things. He gives you things. He tells you things. He, he says, I break off of you every single thing that has ever made you angry. I loose that off you today that you're going to be a mighty woman of extreme joy. Psalm 30, verse 5 and 6. And this is a powerful word from the Lord. You'll wake up in the morning and have joy. And the weeping of your life is running out of your life. Joy comes in the morning. Psalm 126, 5 and 6 says, you, you went out weeping, but you're going to come back shouting shouts of joy, bringing in your sheaves with you to get the harvest that God has prepared for your life. Isaiah 12, 3, it's a beautiful verse. Your wells will never be dry. They will always be full. And you'll pull them up with joy. Every person that you speak to about Jesus will have a seed planted in them. But all the ones in your family will get saved. Because you're going to be able to speak to them in the joy of the Lord. Joy breaks depression. It breaks fear. It breaks discouragement. Nehemiah 8.10, I'll drive the enemies out of your family and give you the joy of the Lord, which will be your strength. Praise the Lord. You should prepare yourself for a lot of laughing, a lot of singing, a lot of dancing, and a lifetime of discouragement free living praise the lord is that is, how many babies do you have four that's all i got to say to you then god bless you praise the lord a talking conscience if you're not if you're not in a relationship with god you can hurt people and it won't bother you you can hurt them over and over and it won't bother you. But when you're in a relationship with a tender-hearted God, you can't hurt people. Your conscience won't let you do it. You'll say, I'm so sorry I raised my voice to you like that. And I'll guarantee you, you treat your children and your wife and your husband like that, and you will have a godly home. Your children will love you because they're going to get cussed at it at school. They're going to get lied about. They're going to have violent people come into their life. But when you are tender like that and your conscience tells you, wait a second, what I said to you there was not of God, what I just said. I said that in anger and I, I want to apologize. That's what you do when you're in a relationship with God. Praise the Lord. It's pretty powerful. I want to touch your forehead if that's okay. So be healed of the effects. Be set free and disconnected from your abusers in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Sing that right now, Brother Alpha and Omega. Sing that to her, everybody. You are Alpha and Omega. Now God is taking you into His presence. God is going to make you a worshiper. You'll be filled with the spirit of worship, the spirit of praise every day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because you are 
somebody and just say, Jesus loves you tonight. He cares about you. You are important to God and your future is important to God. You will never be happy or satisfied without a relationship with God. You will scream, you will yell, you will have fights, people will get divorced, people will go to jail, people will forsake God, people will backslide, people will trade in Jesus for other gods, people will get involved with other people, all kinds of things because of the incompleteness. And God wants to make people fully complete. Praise God. Sing that again. That's pretty cool. your hands on somebody and while he sings just pray over that person on your right and left
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Tell that person next to you, I love you. I pray for you. I believe in you. Tell them, I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Because you have love one for another. You see, when you're in a relationship with God, you, God gives you a natural, supernatural love for ugly and difficult people. <laughs> he teaches you how to love the people that you would normally avoid. That you would normally talk bad about when you get home. Complain about. Say negative things about. Because one day you find out that your greatest treasures are hidden behind the people you hate. That it is behind those people where God has put your true inheritance. Because he says you cannot have what I want to give you because it cannot be found in shallow waters. It can only be found out here in the deep where you truly love those that you hate. Because that is a natural outflow of having a relationship with God. You love people of every race and color, every creed, every background, no matter what they've done. And that love is so beautiful that it has the power to wash the ugly off of them and put the beautiful on them. That's how you know you're in a relationship with God. Because you love your husband when he gets fat. You love your wife under every circumstance and your children. You care for people. You don't just walk away from people. You just don't say, oh, I don't need you, whatever. Whatever. You don't have a whatever attitude. God doesn't let you do that when you're in a relationship with him. That's why you send money to those that steal from you. That's why you pray for those who curse you. That's why you give your car to people who hate you, who are under a curse and can't do anything, and you say, here. That's why if you're a normal Christian, you're already dead. You can't be normal and survive this this life you have to be divine and that only comes from having a relationship with God and then you have ridiculous ability that has nothing to do with your willpower it has everything to do with your communion with God and it is a beautiful thing you stretch your hands out what's your name stretch your hands out to Tracy thank you Lord for Tracy thank you God Ma'am, you're, you're going to get healed. You have seven things wrong with your body. And I'm going to lay hands on you, ma'am. And I'm going to ask Jesus to heal you. You have developing things in your body right there. I can see them, ma'am.
cancers and different things that want to grow, all kinds of dysfunctions in your body. But in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I curse the curse that is upon your body, the spirit of infirmity that has been passed down from generation to generation, that it was in other people in your family. I cut it at the root right now and command it to dry up in the name of Jesus, that you will not die like your mind tells you and those other people say, that you will reverse this, Father, right now by the authority of Jesus' name. If God reveals it, then he heals it. And that's how we function and operate in the name of Jesus and of Nazareth. Be restored perfectly and heal in the name of Jesus. So I'm, 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 I'm ministering in a church. I look at a lady just like I did. I never spoken to this lady. I didn't know anything from here to the back. And the Holy Spirit just let me see what was going on. I said, ma'am, over there in the back, you have cancer and God's going to heal you. I tell you the truth with what I'm telling you right now. The next year I came back, she ran up to me. I didn't recognize her at all. When I saw her, she weighed about 95 pounds. She was weighing about 140 pounds. Joy everywhere. She said, I had fourth stage leukemia. And I got instantly healed right there on the spot. She said, I went to the doctors. And they checked me over and over and over again. And I went to the administrator of the hospital and I asked him for permission to go to every room in the cancer ward and in those areas. And all I wanted to do was show him the signatures with the paper that I no longer had cancer. The doctors all signed it. I think she had nine doctors signed it and then went room to room. And 34 people in that hospital got born again. I don't know that anybody got healed. She didn't tell me, but 34 of them got born again because they knew, they knew that nine atheistic doctors had signed the report saying you had leukemia, fourth stage, now you don't have it. And we have no explanation. God is powerful. Our relationship with God is the center of everything you will ever, ever, ever have. People are the secret of your future. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jelvu nostra valish membul di dar. Jem fulijas. Dele turush nesfazi, jem ful ishkwas, ni fredisht izoluan arpishkesits. Deven zutswalis ibriktaius, afrebisht enzin fulusht, mavre dulu shalavavish, pekwahulu atwa ilish, memfwasi suswa. The Bible says we speak in the tongues of men. And then the tongues of angels. Jefel dilushos fadazaldi premfuluk lemedeshtafas. Imagine me picking you up as a little girl and carrying you in my arms your entire life, where nothing bad can get to you, no one can harm you, no one can take from you that which is precious. No one can wound you or break your heart or cannibalize your soul. 
For this will begin today, my daughter. I will take you and replace every part of your soul that has ever been touched by the hand of evil. And I will put in you a spirit of grace. I will love you. I will teach you to see my way, to see my face, to hear my voice, to walk with me hand in hand, for you shall never walk alone again. I am your father. I am your daddy. And I will take care of you. You are Alpha. Sing it, everybody. Yes, you are Alpha. And Omega. Be a warrior in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, just be healed right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, everybody. God loves you so much that he knows every detail about your life. He knows every aspect about your life. Ma'am, you're not going to have pain anymore in your body. Your pain is leaving your body, ma'am. It's going to go away for the rest of your life. You have had a deterioration in your skin. God is going to heal everything about your skin, everything about your insides. There is a toxicity problem, and God's going to heal that toxicity, and you're going to have divine, supernatural energy and pain-free living for the rest of your life. You're going to be so pain-free that you're going to feel like you're on drugs. Glory to God. God bless you. Go sit down. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ has forgiven you. When we're in a relationship with God, we keep a tender heart. Think about how many times you've hardened your heart in your life. How many times you've gotten angry, grit your teeth, or said a few, a few lines of demonic poetry, cussed a few people out, or at least cussed in your head. But when we're close to Jesus, He keeps our hearts soft. He sends us people to provoke us. And that soft heart just loves those people, and they don't know what to do with it. And when they get over it, they say, why didn't you get mad at me? I really treated you bad. I said, you can't treat me bad. I'm immune to bad treatment. Because I believe everybody loves me. And if they don't, they're stupid. Because I'm lovable. 
you say that to somebody? Say, everybody loves me. And if they don't, something's wrong with those people. Praise the Lord. I don't walk around life thinking people are going to hate me or reject me. I don't walk around with a chip on my shoulder. I lost my chips. God has proven himself to me, and I would dishonor God by acting unloved. I would dishonor Calvary by having a mood, by acting and having self-pity. Self-pity is the highest form of pride. Because when you feel sorry for yourself, can I ask you a question? How many of you have ever feel, felt sorry for yourselves? When does it end? Does it take 30 minutes of feeling sorry for yourself and then you feel good? You know, when you smoke pot, there's gratification. If you commit a sexual sin, there's gratification. But self-pity is a bottomless pit with no satisfaction. You never say, ah, that was great. You don't do that with self-pity. It's wicked. It's wicked. And you feel sorry for yourself because you think you're entitled to get something without giving anything. And the truth is, you're going to have to lose your life to find it. What does that mean? It means you stop thinking your own way and start asking God how you should be thinking. Praise the Lord. Would everybody go right here in this row, right there where these four people are? Ma'am, you have a red shirt. Yeah, would you stand? And the gentleman next to you and the lady next to you. Everybody extend your hands to this row. This is a year for you of health, of happiness, and of restoration. This is a year, Job 42, 10, 11, and 12. When Job prayed for his friends, he reversed their captivity and gave them a double portion of everything that they had ever had. I pray for your body, sir, that sugar diabetes will not develop in that body. That your heart will beat with the strength of the heart of a baby. And that the bones of your body will stay in perfect alignment in your back. That you will not have bitter tastes in your mouth from the toxic things that are coming from your colon. There's a pinch in your colon. This is what gives you issues sometimes, and God is going to heal that. And God, I declare that this man will have an encounter with you this year. Who, who, he loves you, Lord. But that you'll speak to him in ways that he has never, ever heard you speak. That you will use him in ways, God, that he himself could not imagine. Are you married to him? He will not die suddenly. He will live. You will not be caught by surprise. God is going to make you have a honeymoon beginning today. It's going to last till the day you die. Holy Lamb of God. Everybody that's married should say, I received that for myself. <laughs> Tell them, oh gosh, I received that for myself. Praise the Lord. I, I understand something. 
I understand the spirit of rejection. I understand that spirit. I know what it does to people. And you know that I also know how to get rid of it. And I will get it out of there right now. I loose you from that rejection. Because you have had people hurt you and reject you all of your life, not just a year or two, but all of your life since you were a child. This has put down your armor and left you available to the darkness. But in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, we cover you with the blood of the Lamb and with the word of Almighty God. We say that from now on you will see yourself as God's beautiful creation. Psalm 39 will be your life psalm. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That while you were in your mother's womb and before your unformed substance was put together, God knew you and called you by name. And that you are the child that he has always wanted. You are the daughter that he has always desired. You are the girl that is going to make him smile every day around the clock. You are going to be your father's joy. You are going to be the one he says, sing to me, daughter. Talk to me, daughter. Come here and sit in my lap. Let me tell you the stories of eternity. Let me reveal to you the reason why you should love yourself and the reason why you should love life because you are my beautiful daughter and those that have taken pieces of you, I have extra pieces, better than those pieces. I have pieces that cannot be stolen and that cannot be taken, that nobody can take that which I put in there because it is holy and sacred and is eternal. You see, everything you've lost up to now, everything you've lost up to now is temporal. The pieces of eternity that God puts in you, no man can steal. Now you are no longer going to be rejected. People will still try it, but you will simply not feel it. Because you are now fearfully made, wonderfully made. God's been waiting for you. He's been waiting to sing and play you some songs that he has written just for you. They have your name in them, and they're just for you. Praise the Lord. Don't feel that you are not worth loving. See, all this going on is this is just the oil of the Holy Spirit. It's the oil. It heals the soul. Because, you know, you have physical healing and you have emotional healing. And every kind of healing. God is a healer of everything. People get healed, ladies and gentlemen, because I really don't care what you think. That's why. I love you too much to care what you think. It would, it would interrupt me. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to love people. You're going to love people. We're going to love them whether they love us back or not. And I have found that if you love them long enough, eventually they'll love you back. You can change your world. And you are going to change your world. Your world has changed tonight. Everything about you, you just went from gray to color. 
You just went from black and white to color. I mean, you just went from, you know, an old TV <laughs> to just seeing with your eyes wide open everything God has created. Praise the Lord. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. Be happy, beloved. Let God hold you in his arms and let him create the life he always wanted to create. There's no rejection coming. Heaven is singing over you. All right, girl. Praise the Lord. Tell somebody, I love Jesus. And I want the Lord in my life in every area of my life. I don't want the Lord ever to, to take his presence from me. Tell him that. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Tell him, say, Lord, I never want to be without your presence. Do you know, I haven't been without his presence for 42 years. I don't expect to ever be without him. But I can still remember wanting to commit suicide. Because I didn't have his presence. I was wicked. I was a wicked young man. Headed for hell. you know that God can unscramble eggs? Do you know that God can unscramble eggs? He can fix the things you and I totally miss up. And that's what he's going to do. Do you know that you're a fabulously gifted girl? You're fabulously gifted. You are fabulously gifted. You're so fabulously gifted. God is so proud of you. And he just loves you so much for always wanting to please him and do what he tells you. No matter what people think. And that God wants me to tell you that the open doors are coming. That the opportunities that you are searching for are going to happen. That God is going to make the impossible take place for you. That you're going to find yourself standing in a place where you feel completely unworthy of the blessings and favors and promotions that God has done. And that your time of waiting is over. And your time of entering has come. Enter in, my daughter. Enter into the fullness of all the wonderful things I have prepared for you. You haven't messed up anything. You haven't ruined your life. And I bless you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Let's sing it again. Yeah. Uh -huh.
you, Lord. Be healed of all that has taken place in your life, man. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Thank you, God. Plant your fruit in all the members of her family that she's praying for. Let it happen quickly, Lord. Bless this woman, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, man. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Wait there for a second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Tell somebody, I want to have a tender heart. That's what happens when you are in a relationship with God. You know what it's like to just stiffen up, to get your neck all stiff and and get that, that kind of arrogant look to your face, a defiance. Teenagers get it sometimes when they become entitled, when they're not raised to understand the danger of arrogance and conceit and entitlement. If you don't teach your children to be foot washers and you are a mighty man or woman of God, you will raise arrogant children criticize and find fault and complain and it will poison their future that's why you teach your children to serve people wash their feet and love them minister to them and take the back seat always take the lowest because they are already promoted they already have access to everything there's going to be a revival of youth That's the Holy Spirit's telling me right now. There's going to be a youth revival in the church. It's going to come by means which were not expected or prepared for. It will come in ways that nobody will want it. But it will overwhelm because it will be too beautiful to deny. Your teenagers are going to be chased by God beginning right now. The teenagers that are here, the teenagers that are not here, and the teenagers that will be here, God is going to start chasing those teenagers. And He is going to pursue them. Beware of your unbelief, ladies and gentlemen. Unbelief is how you tell God that you do not believe He's telling you the truth. That's why when you jump off a cliff, when God tells you and you can't see the bottom, it is a great act of honor to your Father. Miracles are happening. Would you raise your hands and just say, Oh God, save the teenagers of Wasilla and all the surrounding towns. Let it be so magnificent that only you can get the credit for it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Tell someone right now, I want to know Jesus. I want to love Him and I want to be close to Him. John 8, 32, You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I have found that when you walk with God, you don't mind people correcting you. 
You don't mind people rebuking you. You don't mind people adjusting you. You consider that an act of love, even if they do it without love. Because I have found this, God will get you, will send you donkey after donkey after donkey. <laughs> and the reason he does that is because God knows that behind that donkey is your destiny. That if you can receive the truth from a person who is a hypocrite, that it will empower you to receive the truth from anyone, ever, anywhere. And now 24 hours a day, every person you meet is now a minister to you. All day long, you are being set free by your enemies. They're setting you free. Your friends are setting you free. Ugly people, mean people, hypocrites, liars are setting you free because you're learning from every single person. On that day, you never get offended again. Because now you see everybody is a blessing instead of a curse. Tell a couple of people, I just don't know if I can handle this much stuff. I mean, really. <laughs> Ivan is way out of line, man. This is way too much. I need that hundred dollars. I don't know if I can make it back here again. My Lord. No, when we walk with Jesus, we love the truth. That's how you know a person is walking with God. You tell them something and they don't start defending themselves. They just say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't want to do that or be that way at all. God will promote that man. He'll promote that woman. Because if God cannot teach you, then he cannot reach you. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you that the Holy Spirit is a seeker. He is searching for somebody to love and bless like this girl. This girl who has turmoil and battles. Her heart is being reshaped by the Holy Spirit. He loves you a lot. And you are going to be okay. Your life is going to be okay. There will come a day when you look at your life and wonder, how did I ever have any issues with my life? Because God is going to give you peace on the north, south, east, and west of your life. There are family members in your, in your family that are going to get on fire for God. And you're going to say, if God does that, I will serve him till the day I die. And that will be a miracle Jesus is going to do. And you're going to freak out. And you will be the most radical Christian you have ever met. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, I received that. Say, I received that from myself. Oh, Father God, let's sing. What shall I do? What shall I do? What shall I do but offer this heart, oh God? Praise the Lord. Change keys, brother. Change keys. Praise the Lord. I'm going to give you one last thing as he's changing keys. One last thing. This is really important. 
Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The children are partakers of flesh and blood. He also himself took part of the same, that through his death he would destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Can you say these words with me? The devil is defeated. God is on the throne. You see, when you're walking with the Lord, you begin to realize how completely powerless the devil is in your life. Unless you step in or step out of the circle of obedience, you are totally protected because the devil is totally defeated. He's not partially defeated. He is totally completely 100% defeated out of your life. Any devil that is in your life is there by invitation. You either were watching something on TV you shouldn't watch, you were reading something, something opened the door, opened the window, something was going on, and you let him in. And he brought darkness into the home. I don't know if you know this, but we're called Christians, Christ-like. We actually aren't supposed to do things that Satan does. Just, a, just an idea. I know it's a little old-fashioned, but we're not supposed to do things the devil does. Because what you do puts you in partnership with someone. So when you do things that are not of God, you partner with your destruction. And if you do things that are of God, you partner with your deliverance. Praise the Lord. Everybody raise your hands and say, holla, holla. That's more than I can handle. Praise the Lord. Everybody say the devil is defeated and God is on the throne. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sing it now, brother. What shall I say? What can I say? I just can't get enough of this song. I just can't get enough. And what could I do? I wish I had written this song. I love this song that much. But
Thank you, Lord. Keep singing. Thank you, Lord. Could I say? And what could I do? Offer this heart, oh God. Completely to you. Come on, tell the Lord. I want to know you, Jesus. of my soul. I want my soul to be naked before you, Lord, with no secrets. Nothing, nothing about me, God, that you're not in charge of. Nothing about me that you do not own, Father. seated and sing that softly one more time. What could I say? singing like that this is a this is a relationship a relationship night this is when our lives this is when we come back to God we come back to Jesus this is when we say oh Lord I'm so sorry I haven't prayed in in years I haven't spent an hour with you in years I haven't gotten on my knees and poured out my heart to you, God, in years. I'm so sorry. This is when we come back and say, I forgot, Lord, that you're my source for everything. You're my strength. You're my power, God. You're my ability. You're my confidence. You're my breakthrough. You're my favor, Father. Jesus, I want to come back to you, God. I want to be on fire for you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to pray every day, God, not out of obligation, but because I can't help myself, because I'm so in love with you, Father, because I need you so much in my life. So what could I say? Thank you, Jesus. Perfect. What can I do? Thank you, Lord. I want you to honor God with your life. And I want you to close your eyes and think about this. There's some of you here tonight that have not been walking with God. You've got, you don't have a prayer life of any kind. You're saved. You love the Lord. 
that you haven't been in a relationship. Quality time. Bonding. Communion. Exclusivity. Two-way conversations. And I want you to honor God by coming back to Him. I'll show you how to do it tomorrow. But put your heart there tonight. I just want you to stand, if that's you. Just stand up and say, Lord, I'm coming to you. I want to have a relationship with you that is intimate and deep. And I just want to give you my life. Fresh and new. In Jesus' name. And as you're doing that, you're guaranteeing your future. You're guaranteeing your future. You're saying, Lord, my relationship with you is the most important one. It means everything in the world to me. Thank you, Lord. People are standing. God is speaking to them. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Just standing up is a declaration to him because this is between you and him, not between you and me. It's between you and God. You know where you've been. You know what you've done. You know how you've been living. It doesn't even have to be terrible sin or anything like that. It's exclusion. Simply not having time with God every day. And it'll change. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, as people are standing right now, they're making their decisions. Everybody say the prayer with me. I give my life to God. I don't just want to be a believer. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to walk in the deep waters of the Holy Spirit. I want to know God. I want Him to know me. And I receive that in the name of Jesus. I repent. Receive forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sing it again. What shall I say? Those of you standing, offer your heart to God right now. Just walk by me real quick. Let me just touch your hand. Let me just touch you. Let me just touch you. Let me just touch you. It's just me agreeing with you. Faith touches faith. A miracle is born. And when I when you touch me, I'm agreeing that you'll never go back to that kind of life that you don't like, don't approve of. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless these people, God. Bless these people, Lord, that are coming to you. Offer this heart, oh God. Completely to you. So what what shall I
close your eyes for a moment. Tonight, God is looking for you. He's searching for you. And I'm going to ask you this question. Would you go to heaven tonight? Would you go to heaven if you died tonight? Because if you're not sure, you need to be sure. If you're not 100% sure, you need to be 100% sure. All I'm going to ask you to do is to lift your hand and say, I'm not sure. I want you to pray for me. And I want you to lift your hand high for me to see it and for God to see it and say, Lord, I just want to give you my life. I see your hands going up. I see your hand there and 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 there. It's important to God and it's important to you. Now, if you lifted your hand, just stand up where you're at and let me pray for you right now. And let's make peace about this. Let's make peace about this. Just extend your hands to one of the people standing. Say, God, just put peace in their hearts tonight. Say this prayer with me. Jesus, come and live in this heart of mine. Take all my doubt away. I want to walk with you in peace. I want to have security and and assurance as I work, as I sleep, as I drive my car. I want to have that peace. Give me whatever I need to know you the way I need to know you. I am no longer available to Satan or the world. I belong to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, everybody. Give the Lord a hand and say, thank you, God. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you have any of the older kid pictures, the college pictures there? If you have those, just put up a couple of those. Just give them an idea. These are some of our college girls. The girl on the far right was sold as a child by her mother. She's been with us since she was six. She's now in college. She's going to be an architect. The girl next to her was violently molested by her mother's husband from the age of about three till she was about eight years old. She is the valedictorian of her class. She is beginning pre-med to be a brain surgeon. The other two girls are sisters. They watched their father die and their mother was a prostitute. And they were in one room while she was doing her job. And the things they've seen as little children. They're both going to be psychologists. Do you have any more of the other ones? 
Juan Jose on the left has been in orphanage all his life. He's a fourth year architect. He's also going to be an engineer. He has eight more years. Number one in his class every year. Not only will he be an architect, he will be an engineer as well. He says, I want a double degree. He already designed his home and his businesses. He'll be a millionaire. He's going to give me a lot of that money. As he should, because I am his father. And I'm telling you, God is amazing. Ronald, next to him, is in his fifth year to be a, a computer engineer. I don't know what that other guy is going to do there. <laughs> On my left is Gabby. Gabby doesn't know who her father or mother are, does not know her birthday. She came to us when she was 11. She had been molested at an orphanage because that's all the only place she's ever lived as, a, as an orphan. Gabby's studying to be an architect. She had to pick a name, so she picked Gabby Tate. That child loves, loves me, loves my wife. She's our, we we've taken her in, she has nobody. We've taken all of these children in. Suseli, with the yellow. She wants to be an airplane mechanic. And a professional soccer player. Number one in her class. When they brought us to her, to us, she was six years old. They found her hanging upside down naked with two of her brothers. Her father, their father who was an old man, who is now dead, would hang him upside down. And the neighbor would come and molest him. She was raped by her father. Relatives have tried to come and get her. She said, no, this is my family. This is my home. Those are my parents. God is so beautiful. I just want to be in church all day. I love the presence of God and what he's doing for these children. Julia on the left is in her sixth year. Her mother was a prostitute. Five of their siblings are with us. I think that's pretty impressive. She's in university. She's the first one to ever go to school in her family. She's going to be an architect. And then Jackie Poo is in fourth year of pre-med to be a pediatrician. Would you tell someone nothing is impossible with God? Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible. I have those calendars in the back, ladies and gentlemen, and I need your help. I want to open a new house 
Every time I open a new house, I get to put 20 kids in it. It takes me $3,000 a month to open a home, to sponsor it. You can give 30, 30 uh, cents a day. That's $10 a month. You can give a dollar a day. That's $30 a month. Or you can give $100 a day, which sponsors the child. And if I get $3,000 and I get to open that home, and I have the home back there, it's already built, it's finished, it's ready. The kids are already picked out that'll go in it and everything. And we'll get other ones as well. But um, think about doing that. Think about doing it. But don't do it if you're not going to be you know, faithful to it. But think about doing it. Any amount. Um, I know Pastor loves me and he loves what I do. Brother Morocco loves what I do. And this is what I do. Praise the Lord. I want to rescue children. Like God rescued me. That's all I got to say. I lied for 17 minutes. Praise the Lord. It's 9.15. We're supposed to get out at 9. We went over. God bless America. Praise the Lord. There's your pastor. Thanks. Man, come on. All right, let's do it. Let's bless the orphanages and help these precious people. Ushers assisting us, please. You can go on uh, iTunes and download uh, Brother Ivan's app. Just go to iTunes, search Ivan Tate. T-A-I-T and from there it will give you access to his web page to all his resources and uh, there is uh, video life lessons he's doing every week and it's just really great media to be able to resource yourself and you can track and see what's going on in these different orphanages also in Africa they've got 1500 children there There's opportunities to go down and visit the orphanage. We've had a number of people that have asked me about that. So, In the will and the grace of God. Need an envelope up front here for my lovely wife, please. My daughter, thank you. In the grace of God, we will take a trip down there as the Lord wills. Amen. No number of you have wanted to do that. True religion, says the book of James, is to minister to orphans and widows. All right. Ushers, would you come? Father, we thank you for what matters ministries and Brother Ivan Tate, his wife, his children, Lord, and all of these children are the orphans and those are ministering too. Pray indeed that they'd open up another house and God that this work would be expanding and far reaching. Lord, I pray even for other nations to open up according to the plan and will that you have for them and that you would bless this gift and multiply it many times over. 
to these orphans, God. And a tremendous harvest even for those who give now. In Jesus' name, amen. retaliatory spirit that would want to try to kick back or undo anything that's been done tonight. We ask and pray now the blessing of heaven upon each and every one. Cause your face to shine upon. Lift up your countenance towards us, oh God. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you. Morning prayer at the barn tomorrow at 7 a.m. We'll hope to see you there tomorrow night right here 7 p.m. God bless you. God's on the throne. Devil's been defeated.